going on, ladies and gentlemen? This is Muscle, and this is another Two Line Music Cuts Entertainment Report podcast. And today, we have a really special guest. Listen, this man here has been putting out hits from in the 80s, but in the 80s, he was a little child. He has 13 albums. He has a new album right now called Love On, and we all know his international massive hit, First Cut is the Deepest. You know we have in the building today? We have Kashif Lindo in the building today. What's going on, Big Boss? Hey, how you doing, Muscle? <laughs> um, excellent. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Entertainment Report podcast today. Yeah, man. I'm grateful to be here, man. <laughs> Definitely, because I know somebody like you, you have a real interesting story because you've been around so long, but a lot of people don't really know you as the person. So that's who we're going to try to figure out today right here. Oh, for sure, man. I'm ready. <laughs> All right. So here on this podcast, we like to go right from the beginning and then bring it up right to now. So then my first question for you is this. Where did you grow up in Jamaica and what type of child were you? Well, uh grew up in Kingston, Jamaica, which um, was it here in Brayton, Kingston. Mm -hmm. um, I was born in Kingston. Um, pretty much um, my story uh, growing up as a child, very laid back even to, up until now, you know, very laid back person, reserved. And um, my my story starts at the studio mm -hmm. <laughs> with my father, um, who is Willie Lindo, legendary Willie Lindo, who's a, a famous guitarist, producer, and songwriter, what he's known for, um, has, has put massive hits for many years. And um, I was there... 99.9% .9 of the time, you know, um, you could call it my second home, you yeah. know, and being around that environment, um, I didn't know at, at that time, but I knew there was a, a connection there from, from that point, you know, and um, being around the likes of Barry Simon, uh, <laughs> Dennis Brown, I've been around Maxi Priest, I mean, Sly and Robbie. Mighty Diamonds. I mean, it's a long list. <laughs> so, long list. Yeah. When you were in Jamaica, do you really? Because I know your your journey is Jamaica, New York, and landed in Miami. I know that's your three yes, that you traveled. Correct. So when you were in Jamaica, where do you even realize that music was involved in your life, or you didn't realize that till you got to New York? Hmm. Um. That's a good question. Um. Like I said, I knew a connection was there, but I didn't know how deep it was until actually Miami. Okay. You know, yeah, I, I didn't pick up on it until I, I moved to Miami. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Especially when we had our, we, uh, my father created his studio. Because mm -hmm. at the time he didn't have a studio for himself. You know, he would go from this studio to that studio and do his work. Um, but it was around that time, you know, when I came to Miami, that's when... I really discovered something within myself. Right there. And what's your earliest memory of music? Either something you see in your father doing something around you, something you heard, your earliest memory that you could think of when it came to music? Oh, um, it's quite a bit. <laughs> but the one I can recall to a degree, and it's not just this one time, it's a few times, um, where um, there's a story they say that Barris and Dad, they were writing a song. And um, I think I was like three or four at the time. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, it does happen at times where you have a song and you say, you know, say, oh, man, this is a hit, you know? 
And it do happen at times, though, if, especially if you don't record it or anything like that, you'll forget it. Mm-hmm. And that's like the worst feeling, <laughs> you know, is the worst feeling. So they're trying and trying to remember, you know, the song, everything. And they heard me humming it from top to bottom. Mm-hmm. So it was pretty much at that point um, when um, my dad decided to put me in the studio around age five mm-hmm. to record my first song, you know, titled Live With Love. Yes. And, mm-hmm. What was it like actually recording this first song? Did you have to memorize the lyrics? Was it hard to memorize the lyrics or it was something that came natural to you at this time here? Um, That part wasn't hard to remember because my memory, that's one of my strong points, you know, is I have a good memory. You know, I was just nervous more than anything because I was like, I didn't want to be in the studio doing this. <laughs> as much as as much as I love being around music, mm-hmm. my mind wasn't on becoming a singer. You know, mm-hmm. it wasn't like that at that time. But I just love being around that environment and seeing the the work process. You know. Mm-hmm. And do you remember that song coming out? Do you remember how you felt when you first heard that song playback, like on a radio or record player or somewhere when you first heard that song? I do. I do remember. Um, it was a it was a cool feeling. Mm-hmm. It was weird too, but it was cool. <laughs> you know, but it, it's uh, it's always a good feeling hearing your song get played, even till now. It it's still refreshing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So. That was a good vibe there. So even so then now you did that when you're five and then I guess you didn't record again until you were around seven. And this was a song called You're Gonna Need Me. Yeah, a cover song. Yeah, man. <laughs> how did how did you how did you come up with this? I guess that clearly at this time it's still you and your dad or you and your parents still making the decisions what musically, what direction you're going in. Right. No, that was that was my father. So <laughs> you know, and um mm-hmm. I think if I recall, I think I did that in well yeah, it was in New York I did that. I recorded that song. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, same same vibe. Didn't want to go in the studio to record it. <laughs> you know? But yeah. um yeah, I did it. <laughs> yeah, man. Mm-hmm. How did you how did your dad meet Bear Simon in the first place? Oh, oh, he would have to tell that story. I th- that was that was before I was born. Yeah. <laughs> so like I say, you mm-hmm. know, but I mean, from them time, I think it was in the early 70s, I believe. Mm-hmm. Early 70s, they, they met. Mm-hmm. And you're a very good friends till today. Oh, for sure, man. Family. Because <laughs> <laughs> what you said, these first two songs, you put them out, they're cool and everything. This is the one. The first one was when you're in Jamaica or that was... No, the first one was in Jamaica. The second one was in New York. Okay, so mm-hmm. then you're getting your feet wet. You're still you're still a young child at this time here. What did you think you wanted to grow up to become? Because, yeah, your studio's cool. I see it around. What did you think you were going to grow up to be? Yeah, yeah that's easy. Uh, basketball player. Okay. That was that was my, my thing. Well, when I moved to Miami, mm-hmm. I got more into it, you know, and um yeah, I, I I I practice on that hard more so than doing the studio, <laughs> you know, practicing my voice. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, I, I took that very seriously, and you know, I even tried out for a team that didn't work out, and then that just messed up my spirits, <laughs> you know. So I said, so I guess it's singing then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess uh, nothing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. Who was your favorite basketball player back then? 
Oh, that word favorite. Um, <laughs> there's a few, but the person that stands out to me is uh, Michael Jordan. Mm -hmm. um, and it's just because um, at that particular time, because timing is everything, right? Mm -hmm. um, what he did for the sport, because the sport wasn't global yet, like in the 80s. I know it was like, they were, they were um, we call it the playback late mm -hmm. at night or something like that in the 80s. But from when he transitioned to the 90s now, it started to get popular globally. And he did that not only with just the basketball, with his the sneaker. It was mm -hmm. a whole bunch of stuff, you know what I mean? So everywhere is Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan. But I just like how he played, you know. It was very, it was different to me, the things that he could do, his ability, you know what I mean? So I, yeah. I try to emulate that a little bit because I'm not tall, you mm -hmm. know what I mean? I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not six feet or anything, but, you know, people will point and make fun of my height and say, yeah, you pick him. You know what I mean? I said, okay, yeah, you could do that, but let's all go. right, let's go. You know? <laughs> yeah, but that was the player for me and amongst other players, you know? Mm -hmm. yeah, but that was the one that you looked at because to me, Michael Jordan is branded basketball. When you think of basketball, you think of Michael Jordan. Yeah. When, when you think of boxing, like in the 80s, 90s, you think of like a Tyson. Mm -hmm. Or if you go back a bit, you'll, you'll think of a Muhammad Ali. Right. But that's brand. Right. Whatever they are. Right. True. No, man, true. You understand it. All right. So you, you're doing basketball and stuff. So you didn't have any other profession where you say, okay, if basketball didn't work out, I'll go become a lawyer or a doctor or anything. It was strictly just basketball you were interested in? Um. At one time, um, a mechanic. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> one time. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, seriously, no. At one point, because I'm, I'm into cars, mm -hmm. so that was in my head as well. You know, I just like cars. You know, so. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it didn't last that long though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I got you. And you were always, have you always been a creative type of person? Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, um, more so in the, um, the studio than anything, but outside of that, yeah, mm -hmm. you know, there's some things I could do, you mm -hmm. know, yeah, man. from there. Okay, so then now basketball, no, mechanic, no. So then we go studio. What was your first, what was the first thing you did? You said, okay, I'm ready to go studio-wise. What was the first song you guys started to put together at that time there? Um, the first song I did um, here in Florida is a song called uh, Wanna Rock It Tonight. I believe that's the title of the song. And it was on the, um, the Attempted to Touch Rhythm. Mm -hmm. At that time, yeah. I think that, that was around the time, I believe, when it came out, if I'm not mm -hmm. mistaken. Yeah, that was early, early 90s. Um, and then, you know, it's, I still, at that time, wasn't, you know, ready <laughs> yet. But that's when everything started from that point up until now, where I was doing a lot of recordings, you know. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, it led to some other songs before I went into the first cut. So there was a few other songs I released mm -hmm. before First Cut, you know. I, I know there was a lead up to First Cut because a lot of people, because that's the gigantic one, a lot mm -hmm. of people forget that there was a lot of stuff before and a ton of stuff after. Yeah. Yeah, man. Um, it, <laughs> I didn't know how massive that song was until I um, 
I performed in New York for the first mm -hmm. time in 92. Mm -hmm. And I had the reaction, you know, I was like, wow. I said, okay. And then more and more doing more performances down the years. I was like, wow, this song is really, you know, really big, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. So hey, I give thanks for that. For sure. And do you remember how old you were when you guys recorded that song? Oh, I was in my early teens or probably just reaching that age. So it was somewhere around there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, man. And any reason in particular why you chose that song to record? Yeah, I didn't pick it though. <laughs> my father. <laughs> no, no, um, no, that was my father. It, mm -hmm. All my father idea, you know. I hear in the song, I was like, yeah, this is a cool song, you know. So I, I sang it and that was it the history is you know is there <laughs> and what other songs led up what other songs did you have that led up to first cut um well i'll say the first cut um i did baby why mm -hmm. um i did trouble free which did pretty good in in jamaica you know and i did a video for it video for it. that's mm -hmm. your first video i think you did that was actually the lead off of the album Yes, yeah, and I was going. Yeah, I was going right into the to the album, Trouble Free album, and mm -hmm. um, it was like a year or so after I, I released it in '93, mm -hmm. and um, yeah, it did very well, especially in um, well in Jamaica, U.S. and Japan, okay. and it kind of led me to go to Japan from based off of that album, and that's what led to the infamous video of the um, Japan Splash. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. That was a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. Was that your first time actually traveling and performing in such of a large crowd? Yeah, uh, it was large. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it was large. Uh, and um, surprisingly, like, they know the songs, the words and everything to everybody, everybody's song, you know, and mm -hmm. it is first time experiencing that, that, um, you know, the show's over. And uh, people still standing there waiting for more. It was like, wow, okay. Mm -hmm. They truly love and appreciate love the music on a high, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, man. And what was it? Did you feel scared or anything? Because remember, you're still very young at this time to perform for such a large crowd. Yeah, you know, you have a little nerves. <laughs> well, nothing to consume you, you know what I mean? So you don't want that. <laughs> but, um, but uh, which is, you know, I say is normal. Mm -hmm. But like, Touching the stage now is like, okay, I'm on stage, so boom, <laughs> you know, anything goes. And that's one thing I would say, like when you're on stage, especially performing with the band, mm -hmm. is that you can improvise and do things on stage, you know what I mean? And you, you know, you interact with the crowd and go off the energy. Mm -hmm. So I, I like that, you know what I mean? So I don't know what takes place when I'm up there like that but the songs you know so <laughs> anything can go at the spur of the moment so that's what it's, i love about it it's the energy the vibe that spirit that takes you over like when you go on stage it's something that takes you over when you come off you almost have to ask somebody what happened while i was on stage yeah i say i don't know mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> i know it's just well oh, well no i can't say that i say it's just the energy mm -hmm. it's the energy i mean Mm -hmm. And even on that first album, there had um the you did the Jimmy Cliff song. Many yeah. was on that. Yeah. How did that Yeah, it did pretty well, man. Um, the, that whole album mm -hmm. did very good because as we were talking about Japan Splash, um, another cover song I did called called um Because I Love You. Mm -hmm. That was that, very big over there. 
It was. Very I think that was the first there. song you actually came. It was either the first song you came out to, but that was in your set on the Japan. Yeah, version. it was. Yeah, it had to be in the set because they told me that I have to sing this song. Mm-hmm. You know, that was one of the the songs they said I have to sing. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And that was a big one there. Also, it was all hits because that's a classic album. That's one of your more classics, if not your most iconic classic album you have. Yeah, yeah some people say so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, that's a big one there. So even now, you're in your young teens. Your friends in Miami, are they listening to reggae also? Or what are your friends listening to? And do you do they really understand what you're doing at the same time also? Um, at that time, I, I kind of kept that on the down low and reasons for that, because, um, I just didn't like the attention. Okay. Yeah. Even at school and especially where I went to school, a lot of Jamaicans were there. So I just, yeah, stay hidden. You know, Mm -hmm. I just didn't like the, you know, you, they know me, but telling them that I do this and do that, do, you know, that I'm an artist, Mm -hmm. they're going to treat you different. I didn't want that. You know what I mean? I don't even want you to treat me different or anything like that. Just treat me the same way. So, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, they knew eventually, and I guess down the road, like when they hear more and more reggae music, they you know they understood where I I, I stand in there in that genre. Mm-hmm. And what type of music were your friends listening to at that time? Were they listening to reggae tour or more listening to hip hop, pop, or whatever was on the radio? Yeah, hip hop, pop, R and B. You know, that's what that's what they listened to mostly. You know. And I, I, I'm, I'm assuming down the road, or maybe at that time, they were listening to reggae. But now I know for sure they do listen to reggae music. <laughs> yeah. For sure. Because did, well, did you ever want to say, I don't want to sing reggae. I want to sing R&B or I want to rap or I want to do something else. Was that ever something you wanted to do earlier on in your career? I don't know about the rap part though. Yeah. <laughs> I loved it. I liked yeah. it a lot. Um, but um R and B I did well with the R and B now I love R and B. I know mm-hmm. I I listen to multiple genres, right? But R and B um because of some of the music I grew up listening to, like um Stevie Wonder, mm-hmm. uh, Michael Jackson. Um I mean there's quite a few and down the road, <clears throat> I was um, introduced to Sam Cooke. My father told me to listen to Sam Cooke, and mm-hmm. I've not stopped playing him ever since. Yeah, I mean, sure. there's, a, there's a long list, mm-hmm. you know, so I grew up listening to those, you know. Yeah, man. Right there. If you could have got in the studio with Michael Jackson, would you want to sing a song with him, produce him, or actually write a song for him? What would you want to do if you could have <laughs> with Michael Jackson? Wow. Well, I'm going to throw two in there. Okay. <clears throat> I would love to sing a song with Michael mm-hmm. and to make a track for Michael, a reggae track for Michael. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Definitely. Because, you know, somebody like Michael Jackson, especially coming up in the 80s and stuff, that was the, that's the hard, highest bar that you could get would have been like a Michael Jackson. Yeah. Yeah, man, Michael, yeah, he was on a whole different level <laughs> at that time, you yeah. know, so, yeah, man. So you think you could have produced a solid reggae track for Michael Jackson at that time? Oh, for sure, man. <laughs> yeah, man. 
Because a lot of people don't know that you also play drums also. And I think you play keyboard also. Well, not not live drums, but um, I know it a little bit. I'm not no pro, but um, mm -hmm. I program the drums and mm -hmm. I'll play the, the keyboard a bit, you know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. When did instruments come into the play in your career? In the early 90s, I remember my father bought me a, um, a keyboard. Mm -hmm. you know with some you know multiple sound synthesizer and it had the drums where you could program it on the keys mm -hmm. and i remember the first track i made with it was on um, the real rocker then okay so so i just figured out the machine myself and programmed it and played it and i let my father hear it he's like oh wow it sounds good mm -hmm. so it st it started there in terms of making the track now people who i was around like computer paul mm -hmm. Yeah, um, he did quite a bit of tracks for us. As a matter of fact, he made the love bump for them. Okay. Yeah, he did yeah. that. And um, I remember seeing the um, the MPC-62. Mm -hmm. And when I was looking at that machine, I was like, wow. I mean, he could do all of this. Mm -hmm. You know, you can hook up the MIDI with the keyboard synthesizer and program it. And, man, I was glued to that thing, man. <laughs> so <laughs> I learned a bit from Computer Paul with it. Mm -hmm. And then the great Carl Peterson. Hmm. I learned even more with him showing me some stuff with the, with the six, the MPC 62. Mm -hmm. And, um, even before making a full track on it, I played like a baseline on one of my Christmas albums, <laughs> you know, okay. which was cool, mm -hmm. you know? So, um, yeah, when I got into it now, when I made my first track now, it was on my second, third album um soul and inspiration and it's a mm -hmm. track called hello father so that was my first track i made by myself on there mm -hmm. and it came out the way that you expected it to yeah yeah it did yeah, yeah it did i was i was smiling a lot <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah it really yeah. did good you brought it up your christmas album that's another classic album you have there why did you guys decide to record a christmas album at that time there how that went about, um, there was a program called C CSN at the mm -hmm. time, which was blowing up pretty fast. Um, they asked me to, to come on and sing like some Christmas songs. The album wasn't even set yet. This was in 93. Okay. And I did like three songs. We made the tracks quick. Well, my mm -hmm. dad made the tracks quick. And, you know, I did a performance on there. And um, after that, leading to 94 now, we decide that, Let's do a Christmas album. Yeah. So, <laughs> and it came out in late 94, mm -hmm. you know, so that's how that came about. All right. Because again, something like that is a smart move, especially early is because as long as Christmas comes around, you'll, mm -hmm. you'll have a sale or something. And I mean, hey. somebody's going to buy something every year. True. True. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, that's good there. When was the Apollo performance? When was that in your career? That was in 98, and it was, um, it was at the time when I, uh, what was it, the other album on What Kind of World, mm -hmm. and this was distributed by VP Records, my first um, distribution with VP Records, um, mm -hmm. the album titled What Kind of World, mm -hmm. um, in 97. Um, I don't want to misquote, but I think it goes like, um, I think the person who brought me on the Apollo, they saw me perform in New York, and then... They wanted me to go on there, okay. which, you know, which was pretty cool. And 
to, <laughs> to to actually perform at the Apollo as a special guest was I'll never forget that moment as long as I lived, especially mm -hmm. see my name on the, the marquee yeah. and um, to perform in front of a different set of people, the crowd, you know, it was really it was really something, you know. Because a lot of people, I'm not sure if people realize, but this is the Apollo. We're talking about the Apollo is one of those staple places. Mm -hmm. Once you get to perform here, you say, okay, something is happening. Yeah, no, for sure. And, um, you know, it's funny, too. When you see it on TV, the stage looks so big. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when, when, you, when you're there... Yeah. I was like, where's the rest of the stage? Because it's like, it was, <laughs> but I'm like standing right beside the log that everybody rubs on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I made sure I, I rubbed it, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, a lot of greats was there, you know. So, mm -hmm. yeah, but it was a memorable moment, man. I, I loved every bit of it. It was really, it was really great. It was great. Because mm -hmm. I know there you performed one of my favorite. This is my favorite Kashif Lindo song, which is No Can Do. That's my favorite song, period, right across the board. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, man. That song, um, that song came out in 97. Mm -hmm. And um, one thing I love about that song is um, it's an original song my father wrote. So, okay. Yeah. As a matter of fact, there's two songs on that rhythm I did, and that wasn't the first song, you know. It was another was song before it. Yeah, it mm -hmm. was another song before it. And my dad was like, eh, you know, this is good, but. He came up with something else mm -hmm. and then when he had me sing this and i remember at the time um uh cruz anthony cruz was here at the time mm -hmm. and brought him in and other people and you know say which one y'all like better this one or this one everybody picked no can do yeah <laughs> including me so <laughs> so and the rest is history mm -hmm. you know no, yeah. that's a monstrous it's just it has this energy to it that as i said that's my favorite song right hands off you know wow. what I mean? yeah, yeah and and yeah. big up to carl peterson for making that track man mm -hmm. yeah and so yep <laughs> definitely because even the same album we were talking about earlier the one that came out in 98 which is what kind of world you mm -hmm. had a song on it called i'm a big man now why did mm -hmm. you decide to put out a song like that at that time there at that time you know i was in my <laughs> late teens you know so it was a great introduction for the for that album, you know, just growth, <laughs> pretty much, you know, and uh, I I love that song on the album too. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Because even what was the transition like for you going from a young child to now going into your teens and stuff? You know, your voice is going to change and all that. What was that period like for you? Yeah, I remember that. Um, uh, it was a little, it was tough. I'm not going to lie because um, I remember the song that I recorded to where I started to, to, to really feel it. Mm -hmm. And it was another big song of mine titled, um, I want me somebody. Yes. And yes. Um, that was a song where I was singing lower than normal, mm -hmm. you know, and then, you know, in the verse and then leading into the chorus, it, you know, the pitch goes up a little bit. Mm -hmm. So, um, I remember that it was, it was rough. I'm not going to lie. It was rough, but then I'm grateful for it because now I developed a low range and still maintaining my high, higher pitch, you know, so, mm -hmm. which was good. So higher pitch came naturally at first, cause clearly that's where your voice was mm -hmm. and then low came after. So then you had to almost like relearn your high pitch. Um, 
not so much, you know, mm-hmm. not so much, you know, it was, it was more so the low, low mm-hmm. side of it. So the high pitch, it definitely, I had to adjust to it a little bit, mm-hmm. but it wasn't, wasn't that too difficult, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. For sure. Cause I, cause I know even throughout your career, you, it's usually in-house. You do a lot of stuff in-house, but I've known that you ventured out one and two times and I know that you recorded a song for um, Taxi Gang. Mm-hmm. Which, which one? <laughs> <laughs> right, right away. <laughs> right away. Which one is that again? Uh, how many, okay. How many songs did you record for Taxi Gang? Well, well, I, one I did with um, recently on the, the album. Okay. Um, I don't think it was many, mm-hmm. um, but it was th- th- on this album, Love On, and then um, a few. I think there was another one called, um, oh, man, I think it was on the Baltimore Rhythm. Um, mm-hmm. Wow, I can't believe I forget my own song. <laughs> Yeah. You have so much, I get it. Yeah, but because yeah. this one has you're on one side and Spanabana's on the next side of the record. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh wow. I didn't know that. Did you actually <laughs> work with Sly and Robbie or was they sent you the track you recorded and sent it back? Uh well <laughs> that's a big history right there with Sly and Robbie. They um they play a big role in our projects, <laughs> you know, um, and um, even Sly learned a lot from with the drum machine, mm-hmm. a lot. And um, and Robbie Shakespeare, you know, rest in peace, you know, um, I learned a lot from him, even with, you know, with bass and stuff like that. So have you ever worked in the studio with either with um, Robbie Shakespeare? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. As a matter of fact, um <laughs> Like I said, Robbie would play a lot of bass for us ninety over ninety something percent of the time. <laughs> so, you know, as a matter of fact, I'll even show you. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna do this. Mm-hmm. You see that chair sitting in the corner right there? Yeah. That was Robbie's spot. Every time when Robbie come to play bass, yeah, that spot, and I'll leave the bass right there every time. Yeah. For how many years, you know, and. You know, yeah, man. Um, Sly and Robbie, that was a regular thing. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? That will always make tracks for us and stuff. So, yeah. Is there any one story or one moment with Robbie Shakespeare in particular that sticks out in your mind that you'll never forget? Either something he said to you, he did, he showed you a conversation, something. Um, There's a few, but the one that stood out to me, um, and I said it to him a few years ago, and I mm-hmm. said, Robbie... I said to me, Robbie is a very unique bass player. And why I say that is that Robbie will have like six, seven, eight lines one time in his head. Hmm. And anytime Robbie come, I have to make sure to prepare like multiple tracks (laughs) (laughs) for him to record on, you know? Mm -hmm. And he comes up with some unique lines, you know what I mean? Sometimes he'll play one note straight through a song with some different chord change. And I'm like, yo, Mm -hmm. wow. You know, so I ask him, I say, man, yeah. Well, not ask him, I say, uh, high respect to you, Robbie, man. I mean, <laughs> him say, mm-hmm. yeah, man, give thanks, Jakashi. <laughs> so, 
Yeah, man. No, it's it's really a blessing to be able to work with somebody like that, even if it was once. But to, as you said, if it's something where they did majority, a lot of the rhythms and stuff, that's a lot of work with somebody like a Robbie Shakespeare and a Sly Dunbar. Oh yeah, and 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 what I like, what I like too. Again, it, this goes back to when I was a toddler, up until now. Like when I see them all together working. Mm-hmm. That's the greatest, the greatest thing to see. You know what I, you know what I mean. And I, I, w- I would always get my camcorder now, now cell phone, mm-hmm. and record them. You know, all of them in the room one time. You know what I mean to document it because, I mean, they play a major role in in our in our genre. You know what I mean. So, I know I don't take that lightly. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And I give thanks for every moment <laughs> that that you know you know the works that they put in. For sure. No, that that's amazing right there. I know that clearly this musical gift is something that runs in the family. Your dad, you, and your sister. Yeah. You understand. When did you discover that your sister could sing or she had it in her also? Oh, wow. Nikisha. <laughs> Nikisha was like one, two years old, man. Mm-hmm. And, at, and at the time, at that young age, because she's very petite, mm-hmm. she... um. It kind of reminded me of Whitney Houston because, you know, Whitney Houston was very petite, you know, but had this big voice. And Nikisha at the time, her voice, she had a very raspy, big voice for a little little kid, you know. So she's like two years old. Remember her singing a song? And um, it was, I think, when she was like six. Hmm. um, And there was a pageant and she performed um, Whitney Houston's song. um, What was it? Don't let me close one more door. Uh, yeah, she mm-hmm. killed it. She killed that at six years old. I was like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Such a big voice, man, in a tiny body. <laughs> That's crazy. When was the first time you, your father, and your sister got in a studio together to create a song? Um, the first time was when she did a, a Christmas single called um, Joy to the World. Mm-hmm. And um, I I created that track for her. <laughs> okay. Yeah, on that MPC 62. Man. <laughs> <laughs> you know, funny thing, I have all those um, floppy disks right now. And it's still, if I put it in, it'll still work. Yeah. You know, Crazy. but yeah, that was the first. That was the first um, single we released. Mm-hmm. That's your, so it seems like you like to document and collect things because you have a foresight to know that this isn't always going to be like this in the future. We're not going to always have these same musicians are not going to be here. Yeah. Everything is not going to be the same way that we see it right now. Yeah, no, true. I, and, I, and I do, because like I said, history is important, you know what I mean? And we all take things from, from, from things in the past and, you know, what you do, you, you improve or try to enhance in it as much mm-hmm. as possible, you know? So, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. want to talk about some of the people you collaborated with, because you, again, you haven't done a lot of collaborations, but you've collaborated with some good people. Mm-hmm. Nadine Sutherland, how did that collaboration come around? Yeah, that, um, my dad decided he wanted me to, to sing with her on, on a classic song that she did titled Until, you know, that was a, mm-hmm. a, a hit for her, you know? And um, yeah, he had me sing sing that part, and she sang her part. And actually, we 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 sang the song straight down, 
but I did my part differently and she wasn't there yet, you know, and then she mm -hmm. sang it straight down and then we just decide what parts, who's going to sing which verse and things like that, you know, but I, I, I enjoyed that very much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah man. All right. Let's go, let's go dance hall. Reggie Stepper. How did you guys connect? Oh, that was early nineties, man. <laughs> yeah. I mean, at that time, Reggie Stepper, um, did quite a, quite a bit of things for us at the time, you know, so, um, combination with me, um, I'm trying to remember a few others in the camp at the time, you know. So, mm -hmm. yeah, well, you know, at, at that time we had quite a few, quite a few artists that came in on a regular, you know, like we'll do combinations and things like that. So, yeah, mm -hmm. even now, Jigsy King. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Jigsy King, big up to him, man. Um, I remember we did that song. Um, I think it's um. Was it send me some loving or or something like that? Yeah, mm -hmm. uh, a, a remake of um Little Richard. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, that was that was cool. That was cool. I love that. Yeah, big one. So then this I saved the big one for last, Mister Barry Hammond. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, how that came about? Um, the song was really a commercial for Jamaica. If I remember correctly, yeah. Mm -hmm. It was a commercial, and then my dad decided to put me on it, mm -hmm. but the track wasn't wasn't long enough. So what I did, I sang at the part where Bears was singing as well, and then mm -hmm. they um extended it, and then made a song out of it, and that's how that came about. And that was that was on the um Soul and Inspiration album. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because those collaboration there are big. Is there anybody mm -hmm. that? used to come to the studio, you've seen them out around a lot, and they happened to pass on where you didn't get a chance to do some music with them that you would, you now looking back, you would have loved to work with them. Hmm. Ah, that's a lot. Um, I know Shaggy came here more than once. Um, hmm. yeah, that's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> um, that passed through is a lot. Mm -hmm. I remember Shaggy though for sure. Um I'm trying to remember who else came through. It's it's quite a bit to be honest with you to remember. Mm -hmm. But um there was a few that I, I definitely would have loved to do to do something with. I'll make your job easier. People that passed on now that they're no longer with us, that passed on that you know you've seen that they were in the studio that man, now that you look back, you wish that I I've actually did some work with them. In the studio here. Mm -hmm. Well, for the most part, I've done um, stuff with them. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I'm trying. I'm trying to think. Are that kind of tough to to be honest? Um, but but obviously, Robbie Shakespeare is one. Mm -hmm. um, eh, I'm trying. I'm trying to think real quick. But um, I, I I think for the most part. I'm, most of them that pass through here, I've done work with. Mm -hmm. Because I know you, you somebody like you that's still so young. You've put out thirty. It's thirteen albums you have now. Yeah. How do you put out so much albums in such a short period of time? <laughs> that's a good question. <laughs> no, I just record. Um, normally, um like in the especially in the early 90s when i put out my first album um 
I, I it's it was always like a year or two after we would release the next one, mm-hmm. you know, just to stay consistent. Um, there wasn't really it wasn't really carved in stone stone to say that we got to do it at this particular time or anything like that, you know. Mm-hmm. Until you know, we came up with a certain amount of songs and say, okay, all right, this is this is the way we're going. This is the direction, and then you know, you pick a a, a release date. Um, but I didn't really keep count, to be honest. You know, mm-hmm. it's just a few years back. You know, looking at it, realizing that you know I'm gonna <laughs> end up with album number thirteen. Mm-hmm. And the funny thing is, um, this the the album that's out now. Um, it's nine plus years. Um, with the previous one, yeah, you know, which is a wide gap <laughs> to put out an album. I mean, I've put out other things on compilation albums and singles, mm-hmm. but yeah, but still 13, you know, is a pretty decent amount, you know. What would you say out of the 13? Let's well make your life easier. Give me your your favorite three albums. And it doesn't have to be because it sold the most, it did anything. You might have just been in a space that you like some. Your three favorite albums and why? Oh, all right. I'm gonna I'm gonna take out the word favorite <laughs> out of it. <laughs> okay, what are you gonna I'm, replace I'm, favorite I'm, with then? All right. Well, I'll say this. Mm-hmm. I'll say it like this. Three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's gonna be a tough one. Mm-hmm. Um, the first one I would say is a trouble free album, my first album. Mm-hmm. And, um, because it's my first mm-hmm. and, and for what it did, you know what I mean? That put me on the map as well. I mean, obviously first cut did that, but the album itself mm-hmm. led me to go to Japan. So that was a, a big deal. You know what I mean? And, um, seeing myself on the front cover of rhythm magazine and things like that is a very huge deal, you know? Um, the next one I would say, uh, no particular order, you know, um, mm-hmm. would be "We Need Love," mm-hmm. and the reason for that is that was my first all original album. All songs are original, no covers or anything like that. And, and that's the one that came out in '99. Yes, that's mm-hmm. correct. Yeah, that one, and also um, it won Album of the Year on the Reggae Soca Music Awards, you know, which <laughs> which was a big deal too, you mm-hmm. know. So, and um. Oh, the last one. The last one's kind of tough. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, I'll, I'll say this one. Um, the I'll pick this one for this reason. Um, a reggae tribute to Michael Jackson. And the reason why is because I was an artist I looked up to a lot, you know, and um, I was more so just paying tribute to him, you mm-hmm. know, and my respects to him for you know his legacy that he left behind you know so i say those three for sure why do you think i asked you about michael jackson earlier because i know that's definitely Uh, (laughs) (laughs) okay (laughs) okay wait Mm -hmm. repeat that again no because i know michael jackson is somebody you definitely look up to that's why i said you know what let me ask you about michael jackson here yeah um I, you know, from Jamaica, know about Michael, grew up listening to him. And um, I don't know, his energy was different. You know, mm-hmm. it just seemed very natural. It mm-hmm. wasn't like put on or anything or forced. You know what I mean? That's what I got from him, even at an early age. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, obviously he 
you know, he grew up in the industry. I mean, he did it, started at five, six years old too, you know, and, you know, um, the road he took to not have that childhood that he, you know, he wanted at the time. Mm -hmm. I can only imagine how difficult that was, Mm -hmm. but the other side to it, it paid off in such a massive way that the whole globe know who Michael Jackson is, you know what I mean? So the impact that he left is is very big, especially in my life, you know. So, and and to pay a tribute to him, a reggae tribute to him, mm-hmm. was was an honor and a pleasure to do that, you know. Yeah. Has there been any point in your career where you fell out of love with the business itself? <laughs> a few times. <laughs> You're like, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> I'm done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, nah, you know, there's times it can get frustrating. Not mm-hmm. not frequent, but you know, for the most part, what I'll say that I was great. I'm grateful for is that I had uh, a stable foundation. Mm-hmm. You know, um, from day one up until now. So what kept me going in it? You know what I mean. So, and that push that I did need from my father because he did push me, and I needed it, and I. I look back at it now and I give thanks for it that he did push me, you mm-hmm. know, because I understand that this is my my craft, my field, and you know, and I will continue to 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 make music for people. Mm-hmm. You see the the good thing with it is even though you sing reggae, and if you look at a lot of the artists that were singing reggae in like seventies, eighties, even nineties, early two thousands, they'll always tell you horror stories about the business, this and that, that and this. But you seem to be extremely lucky as you were basically born into it. So you didn't have to you were shielded from all mm-hmm. of the crazy stuff that happens. Mm-hmm. Facts. Outside. Yeah, facts, yeah, because um, that's due to my father, you know, I, there's a lot of things I learned from him, you know, just conversations he would have among mm-hmm. his peers and stuff, you know, um, that, and that was my school, you know, was just listening and taking in information, you know, and some, and certain, um, situations you see it happen, mm-hmm. you know, so things, things to do and what not to do is what I learned, you know what I mean? And, um, I learned that from him and he, it wasn't even he wasn't telling me directly, but just hearing him talk, mm-hmm. yeah, that was good. <laughs> that was good enough. Yeah, man. You learn. And plus having a label that's putting out all these crazy hits, you don't have to go, okay, let me go try audition for somebody else or anything. This is all in-house. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. No, um, and that definitely helps, <laughs> you know. So, um, you know, I, I like I said, I just give thanks for it, man. I mean... I don't know much to say about that, but just give thanks, man, because that mm-hmm. foundation is so crucial, mm-hmm. you know, in any industry that you're in. You know what I mean? You got to have that. That's like the core. I mean, you can't build nothing mm-hmm. solid without that foundation laid first. You get it 100%. Another classic song you had, oh, too, was one called See You In My Arms. You remember recording oh, see, you, see you in your arms. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Um, I did that in the late nineties and it was, I did it for, um, Joe Frazier label, mm-hmm. late great Lloyd Campbell, you know, um, at the time when I did that, it was on the, um, thank you, Lord written Bob Marley. Right. So, um, coming till now, <laughs> um, on this new, the latest album I have love on, I it's a remake. Mm-hmm. The difference with it is that the track itself is is different. It's an original track, and 
I like this better. It more suits it, the song. Mm -hmm. To me, not saying the other one wasn't good because it, it was good, you know, classic. it was very good, classic, mm -hmm. you know. But this one, I noticed that people tend to respond to this. It, they responded to it very quick, <laughs> you know. And seeing that response, we had to do a video for it right away. Mm -hmm. you know? What made you decide to remake that song in particular? Uh, that was my father. Um, it, there was certain songs he wanted to remake back original if there were like um cover cover tracks mm -hmm. so that was one of them in in the bunch mm -hmm. you know and um that was pretty much his mindset um still till now because there's a quite a few more that we're gonna do that with <laughs> later on but mm -hmm. that that song you know who knew <laughs> that is gonna do this mm -hmm. yeah man big one there and this is on your new album that just came out called love on yeah how many tracks 14 14 oh. tracks um digital and and the um the cd is 15 a bonus track on there okay so it's almost like you give them an incentive to hey you could buy a cd too and i'll i'll throw in a bonus for you yeah <laughs> yeah mm -hmm. oh for sure <laughs> And you said it's been about nine years since your other project to this one here. What made you decide now is the time? Let me actually work on an album and put this together now. Um, at the time, the previous album, the reggae tribute to Michael Jackson, um, going forward from that time, um, there were some other things I tackled on, more so in the studio. Mm -hmm. um, and um, that's what kind of took up some time, putting out the album, because we did have other songs set for that for another album but we kept pushing it back because mm -hmm. some other things will come into play and we'll put out some compilation various artists albums mm -hmm. and things like that happens you know it happens you know but never this long i knew it was going to take that long to put out mm -hmm. but you know um i think i think it was early last year about about a year ago exactly from now mm -hmm. you know my father said yeah we got to put out the album now you know and we started putting some songs together, mm -hmm. not knowing the direction where it was going at first, but then now I actually recorded a new song because quite a few of those songs were recorded already. I just mm -hmm. had to brush up on some of them, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And um, But um, I'm, I'm grateful for this project too because um, how it's structured, it's a lot of um, love songs on it. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's all it was based on is love still in general. Mm -hmm. But yeah, a lot of songs, relationships, or any way you want to take it on there, it's it's on there from top to bottom. And what is it you want people to take away from this album in particular? Um, well, same thing I would say with the other albums is I always preach about love and unity. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? And we definitely need that. You know, and I know the times that we're in right now, based on what's going on, you know, it's a pretty difficult time. But um, we, we do need that. And in order for that to happen, respect has to come first. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And then other things will come along, you know. But, but I always preach love, and that's always the message in, in, in my songs, is to get that, you know what I mean? And some songs may put you in a time period of remembering some things mm -hmm. that you don't remember. <laughs> or... You know, some songs they like, yeah, you know, I'm like, this is where I'm at right now, you know. So it's it's a story, you know. 
so that everybody can take something from. So there's something there for everybody. Mm -hmm. For sure. You've ever tried to write or record a song outside of the love or something probably a bit more edgy and you just never put it out? Well, um, there's a few that's not out, but there's some that's actually on the albums, mm -hmm. you know, and I did an EP, you know, um, titled, um, what is it? Um, oh my gosh. <laughs> Justice, a conscious journey. <laughs> so it's an EP with six songs on there. And um, even prior to that, I put out um, on my albums quite a bit of stuff talking about unity and things like that, you know, certain topics. You know, I even had one, a song titled Just a Tree. Yeah. And it's talking about, <laughs> you know, you know. <laughs> you <don't. laughs> so. You know, some people never like like that, but I mean, mm -hmm. it's just a tree, yeah. a natural plant, you know, on the planet, basically, what the song is saying, you know. So there's mm -hmm. a few of them like that, that yeah. I've put out, and there's a few that's not out yet. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Definitely look forward to that. I got a couple more before I get you out of here. With even, have you ever wanted to try working with another producer just to see what you could come up with, what else is out there type of thing? Um, I have, um, like inside the studio, um, I would say it's not many, mm -hmm. but I would, I would more so say for myself mm -hmm. and like my brethren, them, I would do more stuff with them, mm -hmm. you know? And, um, that I'm grateful for that too because it, there's another side that I didn't know was there. Say until you exp, you know you go through it. So um, in terms of that, with the production with them, is is um, is really good. It's different, you know, than than the than the reggae genre. So it's like a mixture of different things trying to experiment and come up with some ideas, you know, something fresh outside the box. Yeah, got you. Where do you feel yourself the most? Behind the boards, in front of the crowd, or behind that mic recording a song? Mm. Uh, uh, not the board. Um, mm. I, li I like that, though, but mm. the crowd, wow. Well, I'll, I'll, say, I'll say that in mm. front of the crowd. Okay. And... Like I was saying earlier, it's like when you're up there, you know, improv and do things up there, the unknown mm -hmm. can be an exciting thing as well, you know? <laughs> so I, I like that, you know, performing in front of the crowd is a, is a good feeling. Mm -hmm. Good. And what are two of your most memorable shows? We're not talking about the Japan or Apollo. Two of your most memorable shows sometime in your career that you'll never forget and why? I'll go to my very first show that I've ever done. Okay. And this was in 91. So the wow. very, very first show I've done. And this was at um, Broward Center for the Performing Arts. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I was, I was, that was something. It was a pretty big crowd. <laughs> so that I'll put that there first. And the second one, whew, there's many, uh, boy, 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 boy. Mm -hmm. 
I'll just throw one in there. I'll say New York. New York. The first time performing in New York. That was a big crowd, too. Mm-hmm. And the reception was really well. Mm-hmm. When you started singing, did you anticipate in your mind that you actually have to go perform me somewhere? You just thought you recorded and that's the end of that. I knew it was going to lead to that at some point to mm-hmm. um, to perform in front of the of a crowd. It was just when, mm-hmm. you know, so because um, you can put out songs and you don't know when you're going to, you know, if they ask you to go on shows, you know what I mean? So it just depends on. You know the traction of the song how you know people respond to it mm-hmm. so but i did but i did know i did know you know that eventually you're gonna have to work perform this oh, in front yeah. of people you know oh, I mean? oh yeah oh yeah for sure you know i wasn't even ready at the time yet <laughs> but um i knew it was coming at some point when you gotta go you just gotta go yeah you know i mean for sure Oh, sure, man. Yeah. No, man, definitely. What I said, I like the fact that you've chosen the musical path from your dad till right now. You've done your own stuff too. So it's like your dad is great, but you're great in your own right also because you've said, okay, cool. My dad is doing his work, but I have my work over here also. Well, yeah, I mean, that's what you would want, you know, and, um, you know, um, I, I still learn from him. Sure. <laughs> so, but we learn from each other now. So I'll show him some things too, you know, which is, which is great that we can exchange ideas. So mm-hmm. that's what I like more so than anything. And yeah, you know, you want your, your, your child to come on their own to do things, you know what I mean? And, um, and like I said earlier, that is great that you do still have that foundation that you can, you know, ask few things and things like that, you know? So, but um, yeah, yeah, man. And then there's some, new things y'all have to look out for that's coming out that's going to be very different very different all right yeah they heard it here we're definitely looking forward for that we usually talk about songs and all of those stuff there so one thing i want to ask you is do you ever do any dub plates oh yeah (laughs) for sure (laughs) yeah yeah of course (laughs) a lot a lot yeah yeah because I'm, I'm saying it's been it's either been a while or i don't really remember hearing somebody play a kashif lindo doublet yeah it's it's um you know you know i'll have to retract back on that like when i say a lot i'm it's more pertaining to particular songs that i do doublets for mm-hmm. so um first cut but and and um no can do mm-hmm and among some other ones, but those two in particular are the two that I do dub plates mainly for, because that's what they ask for, you know? Yeah. More so no can do than first cut. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You'd be surprised. All right. We're at the end of this conversation here right now. The floor is yours 100%. Anything you want to big up, anything you want to say, leave some contact information where they could check you out, where they could check out your new album, anything right now, the floor is yours 100%. Hey. Yeah, man. Um, just like to tell everybody to stay safe. You know, many blessings. Uh, live with love. And, um, you know, just keep on keeping on, you know. Mm-hmm. Some hard times right now, but, you know, just keep it keep it going and, you know, stay strong. Mm-hmm. And um, what I have to say to uh, is big up to you, 
muscle <laughs> much respect man to the entertainment report podcast you know big up yourself you know i, I really appreciate love this man this was fun respect, and to man. all the fans and air conditioners <laughs> big up <laughs> give thanks for the the support over the years you know i appreciate love it every time and um continue to support reggae music you know mm -hmm. yeah man and my um my info now um you could go to heavybeatreggae.com heavybeatreggae.com you know you can purchase all of heavybeat catalog there mm -hmm. um my website is kashiflindo.com uh, my social media instagram is at kashiflindo mm -hmm. facebook kashiflindo music twitter kashiflindo yeah man that's it <laughs> once you have such a unique name like kashiflindo it's it's like a, a blessing nowadays. You just add that to every social media, your TikTok, your Instagram, your Facebook, because it's very unique. Yeah, yeah, man. Give thanks. Big up to my parents for it. <laughs> <laughs> you understand. Yeah, man. <laughs> All right. Before I get you out of here, you know there's one thing I'm gonna ask you for. I wanna no can do muscle special before we go. What you want me to do, muscle? Play another song for you. Yes, we'll do. Yeah. What you want me to say, baby? That I'm going crazy. No way. No ifs, nor buts, nor maybe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow, big up. As I said, that song there, boss, amazing, epic song. And the fact that it's an original song, too, that makes it even crazier. Yeah, for real, man. I give thanks for it, man. Because <laughs> yeah, she's wicked conversation, boss. Yeah, man. I appreciate love it. Let's do this again, man. Definitely, for sure. And yeah, before man. I let you go, tell them where they could pick up the new album, the name of the album, so they could grab it right now. Yeah, man. The album is titled Love On, and you can pick it up on all digital platforms and also on our website, heavybeatreggae.com, and get your copy, man. Blessings every time. Respect. Mr. Lindo, let me give you an outro and get you out of here. All right. All right. Much respect, right. man. <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, this is Muscle, and this has been another Two Line Music Cuts Entertainment Report podcast, and we are out. This podcast is brought to you by www.twolinedmusicut.com.